You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com. You know what? It's 2022 and I've decided... We don't need to do the whole thing. We don't need to do the whole thing every time. Uh, Patreon supporters get it early on Tuesdays. Everybody else gets it on Friday. Uh, our Patreon producers are Brian Mirowski and JJ Samuel. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. It's, you know what happens is like it becomes so rote that it just like... You just it, put it, you it can just copy and paste it and loses. put it on the top of the podcast each time instead of us doing oh, it. Oh, God. Yeah. It's... Just, yeah, it it loses it loses any kind of magic, and it's like no one's listening to me when I do this part now. It's just it's just the ba 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 sort of thing, right? So it's a new year. This is our first podcast of the year two thousand and twenty two. I I and I think you know. Let's. Uh, here's the thing: podcasting is uh, not a hard thing to do, but it can be difficult. If that makes sense, I. Uh, it's it is just us having a conversation but it's the stuff around that that makes it that can make it difficult um i don't want it to be difficult anymore i don't want it to be like a thing where like oh i messed that up i have to go back and do it again i uh, so so i'm i'm just we're just gonna jettison the old okay. intro and we're just gonna do i'm just gonna do whatever i feel like every week now every other week uh because yeah it's just like i I will say it's just it's not that you say that it's difficult but i feel like our format is one of the least difficult formats and so the the one part that we plan we can change because that's just the way that this podcast goes but now you're making me think that for the rest of this podcast i have to now come up with a different ending so that i can also say that i'm gonna do whatever i want in 2022 for how we sign up. See now that's that's where it becomes difficult because coming up with a different sign off every week. It's real hard. Every two weeks. I uh, look, I, I'm I, I don't want to call you automated, but I don't think you've I, got I it mean, in you. I think I just don't. That you uh, are correct. Because as much as you think that podcasting is difficult, yeah. I do too, and I do nothing but show up. <laughs> like I have to, like I've gone yeah. on to other people's podcasts before and there's like you have to do stuff like decide what you're going to talk about. And actually I did. I, I once really like messed up Ryan where I was like, Hey Ryan, come on the podcast, like fill in for Mike. And he's like, okay, great. What are we talking about? I was like, I don't know. He's like, what do you mean? You don't know. And I'm like, I don't know. That's not how the podcast works. You just come and we talk about stuff. Yeah. That's not what we do. That's not how we do things here. (laughs) Although we have had structure for this last, like the last month of, of 2021 we did have structure which is yeah. good and was leading places and now and now, and now this episode as well, as well. which is yeah. good every now and then i feel like every 
once a year we have a certain we have something that we actually do on the <laughs> podcast that has a that, we could do yeah, a run we just do something yeah. that has has structure and then the rest of it is chaos but i think you're right i, I don't know uh, well I, I think we, we keep, yeah I think we keep the ending the same we'll see we'll see what moves me you get yeah no i would say just keep it the same way but i i the, like the, we had a we have a good reason to have structure right now right like the the we want to talk about the matrix so it's like okay one two three four i i but yeah like starting on the next episode it's like i i don't know what we're talking about in the second half of january <laughs> i don't know we'll figure it out we'll figure something. um that'll be, be good yeah but i i i Oh man, <laughs> I'm just realizing a bunch of things. This really has nothing to do with anything. I we were supposed to go away next weekend, uh, and be away on the Monday, and I'm just realizing that that's that that would have been the the case, and we're supposed to do our Hawkeye review next week, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that would have been really messed up, but we're gonna cancel that because you know, um, because uh, the apocalypse uh, woke up again and decided to to reassert its dominance um oh dear it's it's been it's you know that it no one in popular culture and media even in scripture the apocalypse is like a one and done thing it's like it happens and then it's like oh boy wow that was an apocalypse but in reality it feels like it's it's very drawn out and it's taking quite a while (laughs) um and i guess that that's all right I don't know. I don't know which one is preferable. Isn't that isn't that a poetic but, thing? Uh, Not with a bang, uh, but a whimper. I feel like that's the yeah this is the way the world ends. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I watched Don't no. Look Up. Everything will be so fine. I feel like, and I know yeah. you didn't watch it, but for those people that did watch it, yeah, you get it. It was like a documentary, Mike. It was like watching a documentary about the end yeah. of the world. Like I, I read a, so I read a tweet. I read a I read a tweet that was a synopsis of an article that was basically a climate scientist saying like, "Oh, this is not this is not science fiction. This is not allegory. This is yeah. a this is what I deal with." Yeah. Right. On a regular basis, like on a daily basis. And then like all you have to do is look at the way that that COVID is being handled by almost every government in the world where it's like, "Well, we're going to get another wave with Omicron and and instead of them going what do we need to do in order to save lives the conversation is how bad can it be without us shutting things down right like what what things can we say that we did this is really like a very bc opinion as well because and i'm sure that there are other places that it's going that are going to be able to relate to it but the the response this time around is very much well, we can't do what we should do, which is what we did the first time around, which was very effective. Um, but we're going, but we have to do something because otherwise people will say that we did nothing. So how can we say that we're doing something without actually doing anything? And as a matter of fact, doing less than we've done for any of the previous surges. I and and yeah, I I I think that that the 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 provincial government thinks that they pulled that off, but the numbers keep just skyrocketing on a daily basis. And uh, their their initial uh, guidance was just um you know if you feel like maybe you have symptoms, then maybe stay home and isolate if that's cool with you. But like definitely wear a mask in most situations where you should wear a mask. And it's like, 
so keep doing what we've been doing. That's what you're saying. Like, but they, they worded it in a way where it was like, we've, we're giving new recommendations and the new recommendations are actually maybe like be even more chill about it than you were six weeks ago. Um, even though it's going to be way worse than it's it's been. It's different hurdles that we've got to deal with now, but exactly, exactly like, exactly like what you're talking about though, that like now the hurdles are, and I mean, I will say over the holidays, the thing that was that we were expecting another thing to come just before, like we got an announcement in BC on the 24th of December. When the announcement wasn't anything about what we were doing or, or measures. It was that our medical system was being overwhelmed with people coming in for tests. So they mandated that people stop getting yeah. tested and instead just stay home. But it's like, but it's because they couldn't like the staffing shortages and the things that people like, we just don't have systems in place and we just don't have infrastructure to deal with these things. And it's so you, so how do you even, how do you even function or how do you cope? And I don't know, I don't know where I was going with that, but it was just sort of a, it was just sort of an interesting thing to be like, people try to deal with things in the best way they can. And then sometimes that's going to be worse than the thing that they were previously doing because what they had previously doing now doesn't work and it's evolved and it's all different and nothing matters and the world's going <laughs> to yeah. end or it's going to get better. And we're going to uh, come out of this totally fine. Totally fine. All is okay. I, we, we come out, we're going to come out of this and then, and then everybody's going to be like, Hey, remember climate change? Hit something uh, else. Hit something uh, else. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think the world's yeah. ever getting better. But, oh uh, man. Why do we always start podcasts on such a bummer note? I mean, we're about to talk about science fiction <laughs> in which they completely can completely bring back a world and get a second chance. So perhaps that's what we can do as well. Yeah. But I will say I, that it, the weather I, this I, year I, has been unprecedented yeah. and I don't think it's ever getting better. I don't know. I just spent, the, 14 days you, sub 20 yeah. temperatures and it's just ugh. and you missed it down here I know. and and so you awkward. you are you are another person who can confirm because you've spent all you spent more time in the okanagan but you've spent almost as much time since you left school like yeah. high school yeah, yeah. down here as i have mm-hmm. and uh and so so you have like the, the sort of similar experience the snow that we got, like the the huge, the two huge snow dumps that we got, they were not Vancouver snow. No. It was Okanagan snow yeah. in Vancouver, yeah. which is so weird. Like it was, because you know, in in the Okanagan, it's like that dry powder yeah. snow yeah. where like a, a wind gust comes along and you get like the little, you get like the little swirls on the yeah. street and stuff yeah. of of the the snow just kind of like. It's a, it's actually like in the Okanagan I loved it. It was fantastic. But in the Okanagan people were prepared to deal yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and people's and people had studded you know I I tires and stuff like that to to deal with the snow and be able to drive you know down the street and go to go get groceries and whatnot. But people here it's like man people in their little sedans with their all seasons trying to go up a, a you know a 35 degree incline. And then like just making it about six feet and then just and just like spinning, like just almost going sideways back down the hill because they have no idea what they're doing. It just, it's very fresh. I live on a hill that's like a 35 degree. I mean, there's huge. And I mean, yeah, you've got Um, a crazy hill. There's hills all over the place. The buses can't function. I don't know. It's a whole, it's a whole thing when, when cities can't. And I mean, it's the same. Didn't this happen to Texas last year? Right. Where they just, there are some cities that are just not built for certain types of weather. And it, 
it just it has a yeah. consequence like we build cities based on the weather because something i thought of that i would like the, the cities of the future to just have like roads that thaw when snow falls on them what a brilliant idea I, there's i have talked about this I think even on this podcast, the solar roadway yeah. thing, which like was a thing for a minute. And then everybody just kind of stopped talking about. And I still think it's like, this is the thing that we could do that would change the yeah, world. It would and it's like, this and is people would stop making money off of the catastrophe of the world. So there you go. Of course it's, it's, it's one of, it's one of these several like accessible logical solutions that would do multiple things right it's it's one of these renewables that's like hey you guys realize that if we did this it would actually yes everybody goes oh but what about the cost the cost of replacing all of the roadways it's like well we wouldn't do all of the roadways you would do main thoroughfares and stuff like that but like the 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 economic boost that it would give if canada was like hey uh vancouver we're going to give you the resources to uh, to to put these in on all of your main thoroughfares in Vancouver. It's like the 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 number of people that would be employed and would would and then that money goes back into the economy and then it's there's taxes. Those taxes go back into paying for that work to be done like it creates a cycle and that's how economies work. And that's why like there's there are boom years and stuff, because that investment goes in and it would be a win for everybody, except like you say, for the corporations that make a lot of money off of it being the crappy way that it is right now. Right. And okay, I mean, but solar roadways for people that don't know are basically like these concrete hex squares, hex tiles that uh, that have solar panels in them. They're like glass. Not they're not even glass. I, th- I can't remember what it is, but it's something on the on the top of it. That it's like a transparent thing, and like there's and and the the solar panels are embedded in it, and they basically interlock to create circuits. And, and you basically replace all of your pavement with these tiles and they, they generate electricity and, and they could generate enough electricity in the right circumstances to basically power your whole city. And like, if you had enough of them and like, if, if you just, if you had a big enough property and you just did like your driveway, you could power your house for part of the year. The problem with solar and, and all of that stuff always becomes batteries and how do we don't have a way to store it yet but we're getting better at that because of electric cars so it's like it is close like that future is so close and it's so attainable and if people would just invest in it it would be a very good future because like you're saying those those solar roadways because they have electric circuits in them they don't collect ice like uh, as like in in a cold enough temperature obviously they would but in a cold enough temperature they wouldn't be feasible anyways because you'd get so much uh, uh heat loss that you would lose the electricity and it wouldn't it, it wouldn't be worth it but like in vancouver with our typical weather it would totally be worth it most of the time um because we get enough sunlight it's 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 a bit of a misnomer in this city it's like oh but it's always cloudy so yeah but we get enough sunlight that that you could definitely generate that electricity on a regular basis, and uh, and and yeah, it would it would keep 
the, the but then i don't know do, do we then start seeing a, an issue of like the 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 ground is heated now well, or something I mean, yeah, like that and that's crazy. you never know issue. you never know what could actually knows, but... happen but and then also it's like well temperatures are what they are for the next 10 years but what's going to happen after that right or at least we hope that they'll that they'll yeah. hold steady and i i will say the the having had a brief stint in politics uh the reason i feel like people sometimes these things don't work is because uh people don't know what's best for them like real like genuinely like mm-hmm. genuinely because everybody has their own opinions about what is the most important thing to them then i think that that's why it flies is that it's it's a combination of individual people the amount of people that are complaining about the bike lanes that got put in penticton this last year is astronomical even my parents who are like pretty level-headed because i've forced it down their throat for the past decade and they're pretty like pretty good they still complain about the bikeways and i'm kind of like you guys five million dollars for bikeways like that's how much bikeways cost <laughs> like it's not and they're like oh and then they get plowed first and blah 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 and i'm like what it's a separate issue from whatever other issue you're worried about, but people can't understand, right? Cause it's like money is finite. Right. And they're like, well, we can only have these things if we can only have these things. And it's like, well, no, we could have a lot of other things if we just convinced ourselves that we wanted something that was better for the world. But I don't know, not to get too pessimistic, but I will say it's not only corporate people convincing us things that are against our best interest because it's cheaper, easier, faster, and instant gratification and all that jazz. Uh, but then it riles us up and is like, and people are like, yes, why do we need bikes? I don't have a bike, so I don't need to pay for bike lanes and they're a waste of space, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, that's my, that's my impersonation of a typical Penticktonite. I don't know what they sound like, but anyways, that, if anybody's wondering, is that's where I was. I've been there for so many days this year or last year, Mike. I was there for so many days. Anyways. That's a whole, that's a whole thing. But I did, I missed, I missed oh, what Would you, I, it, it, it sounds like you're saying too many days. <laughs> too, many I, days. <laughs> too many days. There's only so many days you can spend in a small town, I feel like. Unless you live there, in which case you like, learn uh, to, you learn to love it, but. Yeah. So. I do, I, I do think that solar punk is, is, is the best pot of all possible futures. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, yes. and, and I would love to see, yeah, some, some more solar punk ideology coming out, uh, of people. Um, it's one of those things where I think like a big company has to, has to go first, like a Google campus or an Apple hey, campus. Hey, Elon or Musk, like how about instead of like, going oh, to Mars, put in... make the world hospitable yeah. for people? I don't anticipate Elon Musk doing anything actually beneficial for humanity yeah, I, ever because he is one of those assholes that benefits from us being in the sad state yeah. that we're in. Um, don't don't buy Tesla products, guys. It don't sucks because I really um, want a Tesla. Why? Uh, there are other electric. There are other electric vehicles that are actually way more reliable go get a nissan leaf or or get uh like a prius prime uh or a rav4 prime hybrid like like they're 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 much more so here's the thing here's the thing with it yes the tesla has some of the best mileage for the battery blah 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 all that stuff they're they're very good in that regard the cars themselves are very poorly manufactured and have all sorts of defects and problems. Like I've heard so many horror stories from people. It's the opposite of what you want in a vehicle. They are, they are not reliable vehicles. And, and then it's like, 
there's none of like the luxury features in in the base model Teslas that that people are buying, the ones that you see everywhere that are just so ugly. God, they're just such eyesores. I disagree. They just look like jelly beans with wheels. Teslas. Like they're just. I really hope that we get a season to fit. Uh, I mean, like, hey, talking. They're well designed in the same way that a cardboard box is well designed because it does exactly what it needs to do, and there's no flash or anything to it. Yeah, they got a really big touch screen inside. Whatever, it's not a big deal. Um, they're very, very poorly, like visually, like they just, they're so boring. They, uh, this is what I say to Crystal. Cause I've had this conversation with her so many times. She's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, a Tesla is what, if you asked a toddler to draw a car, that's what, like, that's what a Tesla looks like. It's just like, it's the most boring, predictable shape for a car that they that you could imagine it's just like there's nothing visually interesting about it there's nothing in like there's no ingenuity behind it it's it is a hundred percent branding and uh they're actually they're not good they're not reliable cars and that means that they're actually not good for the environment because cars that break down more frequently have higher carbon footprints than cars that don't <laughs> like a, a reliable piece of machinery has a lower carbon footprint by virtue of the fact that you're not replacing pieces on it. You're not like, like it just, they're not as good for the environment as everybody wants to believe that they are there. It's not the best path. It's just that they have stellar, incredible branding. The marketer in me is like, yes, they've done a very, very good job. But um, yeah, Elon, Elon Musk is, is definitely a snake oil salesman. Um, And, and, it, he he doesn't deserve to have any of the notoriety that he's got. He's just, he, you know who he is? Like Elon Musk is John Hammond from Jurassic Park. And when, when Ian Malcolm is like, you, you saw what others had done and you took the next step. You didn't earn the knowledge for yourself. So you don't like, you, you don't have to deal with any of the consequences, right? Like you just, you just went like, let's just do the thing um and 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 he he hired the right people he's a he is not a very smart man like like i, mean, I think I i've talked say, about this I on the podcast before and you always get worried elon. that like elon musk is gonna he's gonna come shut us yeah. down <laughs> i when they started doing all the spacex stuff and he started like like going out in front of everybody and talking it's like they would have these press conferences and people would ask him questions. There would be a a panel up on on the stage of like four or five people, and it's like Elon Musk and then a bunch of scientists. Smart. And but he's yeah. Why he, he well, and they would ask the him the questions, and he would answer the questions. And it was like you don't know. You very clearly don't know what you're talking about. And it's one of those things. that's like work in tech. Like get a job in tech, and you'll understand. There are two types of people in tech, people who know what they're talking about, who generally give very succinct and usually curt responses of like, it's like, hey, we're thinking that we want to do blah, 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 blah. And and a technically knowledgeable person, a skilled person will go, no, we can't do that because the technology doesn't allow us to do that for this reason. Right. And then and then the business will often come back and go, well, that doesn't matter. We've already made a decision about what this product is. So now you need to figure out how to make it work. Uh, and 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 that's Elon Musk's role is to be that guy of saying like, you know, and, and to be fair, 
a balance of those two opinion, like those two perspectives, those two ideologies is where you get innovation. So it can be good, but Elon Musk is so high on his own supply that he gets out there and he talks and people who don't know what they're talking about that work in tech and science, they will talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And they'll, and usually it'll be this circular logic stuff where like there is no beginning, middle or end to it. They're just speaking in a way that like, it's almost dizzying when they talk. And so you ask them a simple question about how that rocket booster works and they talk for 20 minutes to give you an answer. And the answer has nothing to do with the physics of how the rocket booster works or the engineering or any of the science behind it, but is in fact just, I had an idea and then I talked to my team and my team did such a great job and they're so great. I did, look at all of these talented scientists up here with me. They're very talented. They're all very smart. And so when I said, this is what we got to do, these guys, they put together the work and they did it and they're the best. And here's why it's the best. And this is why it's a really good idea, which is because it's my idea. So let me tell you about this time that I was sitting on the toilet and then I came up with this idea, right? Like, like, and that, that's the way that they'll talk. And then they'll use a couple of metaphors of like, so when you're building a rocket, it's like building a house. And when you build a house, you want to, you, you want to do the framing before you do the foundation. That's a really important part of people who don't know what they're talking about in tech talking, using metaphors is that they'll, they'll go to construction metaphors, having no understanding of construction either. And they'll say things that are completely wrong that all you have to do is watch a couple episodes of homes on homes. And you'll know that they don't I, know what they're talking about. I can't, um, you have to Watch, and up. Elon Musk is one of those watch, guys. Don't look up. I don't know. Like, I don't. I I don't need I to, Amanda. Don't. I don't I need don't, to watch like, it. I don't know. This whole conversation that we've just had has it's actually pretty topical too, because we're talking about it on the Matrix podcast. Because like the whole thing in the Matrix yeah. is that we destroyed ourselves with innovation, and I just think that that's like yeah, so apt. And then. I don't know. And then even the creations didn't, I don't know. It's just such a weird, I, ugh, ugh, the world is. Let's not, let's not get into the matrix until we're getting That's into the fine. matrix. Cause we're going to want to spoil oh, stuff. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm going to say this about don't look up. Here's what I'm going to okay. say about don't look up. I don't like Jennifer Lawrence oh, anymore. Okay. Uh, I don't know when it happened and I don't know why, but at a certain point in time, I, her her angry woman persona that she puts on every character that she does it's exhausting to yeah. me it's exhausting i don't it's it's such a like it worked for a couple of her roles right like silver linings playbook it was exactly what that role needed um the balance of it when she played Katniss of like, yeah, like that it's got to come out every once in a while. Right. And the, like the, uh, I'm thinking of like the scene in the first one when she, when she shoots the arrow oh, yeah, yeah. And then, and at the, the at the yeah, gallery. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then she does yeah. the bow and it's like, yeah, that's why you, that's why you cast her. Cause she, cause she has that part of Katniss down perfectly. Um, which I think is why the, the third and fourth movie didn't work for me because she was not very good at that other side. Like, cause in the book, she's supposed to be like defeated and, and broken. And in the movie, she just comes off as 
sad angry like it's it's a different thing it didn't work for me i mean that's fair um but yeah like i see her in the previews and it's like leonardo dicaprio i can get behind i i all of the the um oh man who is it that plays the president meryl Mm -hmm. street yeah i i i'm like yeah that looks like a great comedic performance right like there's a lot of it that i look at and i go like this looks really good and then she has like one of her uh outburst moments that you could like literally pull out of any of the other movies that she's done and put into this. And it's just like, I just don't want to, I don't, I don't on top of everything else that we've talked about. I, we talked about it on, I think the last enough said podcast. Cause I think that you said, was that actually on the, on the air? air. Or was that I after told the fact? you I off the air. Cause I okay. tried to generate ideas for what we yeah. would talk about on the thunder quack podcast. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I just like, it's, it's because of the fact that it is, it's so real. It's like, I just don't need it. I just don't need it right now. I need, I need Matrix Resurrections. I need stuff like that. Like I need hopeful stories about what's good about humanity. I, I know that people are stupid, uh, dumb animals and very panicky and make bad decisions be, uh, that are against their own self-interest because they've been convinced by uh people with white people with money primarily uh they that they should do that right um like i like i know that stuff we've just we've just lived through the four-year trump administration and i don't i don't need a movie to like i i am i using the word sardonic right is it start do do they sardonically poke fun at it i don't know satirize satirize it right it's like it's like satire yeah but I guess now I need maybe to know. I'm like, yeah, is sardonic. <laughs> I don't know. S- satire is correct. Yeah, yeah, sardonic. See, I am this. Grimly I am so good cynical. at the speaking things. Grimly yeah. mocking or cynical, which is exactly the tone of what that movie yeah. is, right? That's and perfect. like, I just like, I don't need it. I don't need it. I want to. You know what I need? I need a movie. Like, I need like a solar punk movie that's like, hey. What if I, 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 and you know what, actually, when we get to, when we, when we sort of finish our conversation about the matrix, I'll talk about what I'd like to see next from that franchise. And solar punk is actually like the direction that I want that to go. Cause I, I've never I, heard about I this until this podcast and I'm thing. very excited. I'm very excited. Until about I started the saying solar it. Punk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've never heard of solar punk before, but I like I, it. Yeah. It, th- think of it. Think of it in the way that we say steampunk, which is something that I think everybody but, understands yeah, when you say yeah, steampunk yeah, yeah. or you say but cyberpunk, right? Yeah. S- solar punk is, is a, is an ideology of like using science in concert with nature to harness like the energy of nature, basically like the sun, wind, uh, like, like ocean power, it. right? Like ocean turbines so and stuff like that. Use, use that stuff. In the, because because honestly, like four hundred years ago, that was our technology, right? We had windmills where we were harnessing wind to do our work for us. We would use uh, I like I I <laughs> is it just a water water wheel water mill? What I don't know. What am I thinking of? Is there not not another word for that? Yeah, like we would use that like like to to like from. Yeah. A water wheel. I yeah. guess. I don't. It's, 
Oh, yeah. I actually thought about this um, the other day when uh, I was watching Beauty and the Beast, the new one, and I was like, oh, they had windmills. Oh, yeah, windmills are not a new, yeah. are not a new invention. <laughs> no, not like, yeah. So we used to, we used to use this stuff to, I, I, you know, to, to, to support our lives. And then at a certain point, we discovered things like combustion uh, as a, as an energy source. And then electricity uh, became the thing that everybody needed. And, uh, and, and we started just killing the world with it. So um, that, that oil and that plastic and the, all that stuff. So it, like solar punk is the idea of getting away from that stuff and using, using biodegradable stuff okay. in place of things like plastics, which like we, there are parts of the world where like, this is, this is happening and this is becoming the future. It's just not enough of the world. And it's not, you know, it's a, it's too little too late at this point, but um, I do think that like after the collapse, that's what we're in for. Like when that happens eventually, which I don't think it's going to happen in our lifetime. I think it's probably a, a two or three generations away, but when it does happen, when, when, the things that we've done to the environment become so unsustainable that we have to completely uh, abandon, you know, certain cities and, you know, like the one that we're in right now. Uh, and I, I figure out new ways of, of, of getting on with life. I, that that's the, that's the avenue. Cause I don't think technology is not going to disappear. That knowledge isn't going to disappear. Um, we'll find ways to preserve it and it'll adapt and we're human beings. That's what we're good at. We'll, we'll, we'll keep destroying the earth for a very, very long time. Don't worry about that. We'll just find new, uh, better ways to do it. New, new um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Let's, let's get into the matrix. Let's get into the matrix before we go into spoilers. Let's just give our overall thoughts. I, when we talk about, this fourth installment um and having just watched the other three controversial um, i have a controversial case having watched the the last two okay go ahead before we before we start anything because what you just said about like technology is not going away do you just want to say that the matrix is what happens in the alternate reality to what happens in dune because i feel like computers got too far advanced in dune (laughs) and they're like no more computers and I feel like there are yeah. two like sides of us. Sorry, that's it. We don't have to actually talk about Dune, but I just I was. They, it's they no, it no. Least. It's that's perfect because yeah, Dune is what happens when the humans win, and the Matrix is what happens when the computers. There you win. go. Yeah, I think that's right. Exactly, like, yeah, it's yeah. That's, Where they were like, no more. That's AI. perfectly. That's exactly what it is. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. When when the AI gets too powerful and the humans go, oh, we shut this down, yeah. <laughs> and we're never going back to yep. it. Um, yeah, as opposed to, yeah, the matrix, which is where the computers are like, you know what? We're just going to, we're just going to take your keys. You guys, you guys shouldn't try it anymore. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's that's what, that's what happens in Dune too, is like, they probably shouldn't, the the machine should have won. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, carry on. No, go so uh what what were your what were your general thoughts? I mean anybody who follows me on Twitter knows that I am in love with this movie. Um and that this whole experience of rewatching the Matrix movies uh with the the knowledge and experience that I have now has has made them so much more enjoyable for me. So this one was like 
I don't know. Uh, transcendent is is the best word for it. It's awesome. so good. But for you, how how was it for you? Because we haven't actually we talked haven't. about this. You just said yesterday. I saw I it. I did because I because I because I had it. originally been like, do I have to see it? <laughs> like four days ago, I was like, do I have to watch this? And you're like, you know what? You don't have to do anything. But you said it in that tone that I was like, I do. I have to watch the Matrix. To talk Anyways. Yeah. So, but. That's the thing is that I wouldn't have rewatched these movies if we weren't podcasting about them. And then I probably wouldn't have gone to see the Matrix Resurrections, which would have been sad because it is fun. It's such a fun movie because here's the thing. I loved the Matrix when I was in high school. Like that movie was just so great. And it was, I mean, I'm I like a huge sci-fi nerd and it just was really fun. Um, and the Matrix Resurrections hit all of the cool parts of what I loved about the matrix. Um, I am appreciative that we rewatched the other two. Um, and I'm appreciative that I waited a little bit before watching it because you had gone on opening night, I think. And then Curtis had gone a while, like a, maybe a couple days after that or something. And then you guys had a, no Curtis and I went together. together. Okay. (laughs) But then you had, there was either you were talking about it or you had a Twitter exchange. Reality versus the internet is a, is a blurry space in my brain, but Curtis hated it. And he said that part of what led to his unenjoyment of the film is that he he wasn't as familiar with the with two and three. So I want I I think that's unfair. I I think you just put words in Curtis's mouth. What Curtis said <laughs> is if you haven't seen the the sequels, the yeah. other two sequels, you will be completely lost and you will not enjoy this well, movie. They, I didn't have a good time. Go. He didn't say that he hated well, it. That's, that's, he was just very confused, confused by and it. Not enjoying it, it. Okay. Yes. I was being hyperbolic. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things is that I was in, um, the Okanagan. And so I will took my sister and I was like, my, I'll get my sister to come to this movie with me. Cause I got free points and she'll come see a free movie. Um, but she hasn't seen, like, she hasn't seen the second and the third one. So the whole time I was like, it's going to be confusing. You're not going to understand what's going on. Here's a synopsis of some stuff. Like, basically, she asked me as the as the previews started coming on, she's like, wait, so what happened in the second and third one? And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but because she appreciated the first one, and I had told her enough of the second and third one, like, I mentioned who the Merovingian mm-hmm. was. I said that. I mean, spoilers for the Matrix 2 3, right? Um, which I assume everybody's aware of us. We're getting into these. But um, that, like, I had mentioned to her that they die in the end and, like, what happened to the machines and all that stuff. And so she had enough information and she knew enough from the original movie to like it. Like, the because the opening scene is such an homage to the first film, right? And and for me, like, she, she was the one that she's like, oh, yeah, they're doing the first one again. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of cool. And she, like, reacted to all the places. So, so it was, I don't know. I feel like sometimes going to a movie, it's it's the reason that you watch movies in cinemas is because it's a communal experience, right? And so I think that part of what makes movie watching interesting is is the reactions of the people that you watch it with. And so it was kind of really interesting to watch it with my yeah. sister and see what she reacted to. And the things she reacted to were all the cinematic parts of the movie. They weren't, like, the lore parts of the movie or the things that were, like, right? It was just about how the structure of this yeah. movie about this this sort of, sort of like epic romance how it played out and so i was able to watch it through the lens of somebody who hadn't seen the first th- the first three really yeah. like you I, I feel like you do need to watch the first matrix to watch this one 
for sure because it doesn't mean anything really like the the oh, like yeah. all of the weight of those characters but you don't necessarily have to watch the second and the third one like knowing enough of it they do they don't give you enough so with that in mind i think because you had said specifically i think you gave me a shout out and along with a bunch of other Raylos for like thanking us for getting you to understand like epic romance as a as a thing that's yeah. worth consuming and that is so going into the matrix resurrections knowing that it was an epic romance love story really helped shape how yeah. i enjoyed that film because we had yeah. watched i quite enjoyed the second matrix movie when we watched it i thought the third one i yeah. i'm i don't need to ever rewatch the third one again it was so unfor it was so forgettable like i had forgotten everything about that movie um, it's so fu it's so funny because the third one i think is the one other other than resurrections i think the third one is the one that i enjoyed like when we were doing a rewatch, that's the one that I enjoyed oh, the most. Okay. Uh, Cause it was like, Oh my God, I can't believe how, how wrong I had this mm -hmm. movie. Okay. Yeah. You know, like it was just that it was a, cause it was not to, to rehash what we talked about on the last episode, but it was just such a, like the scales falling from my eyes sort of right. moments of like, Oh my God, there is so much going on here that I, just was not ready right. for in in 2003 right. right like it just like like my my mind just wasn't there right um yeah it, it's uh yeah yeah so it was I, and then going into to resurrections it was just like everything that you said like like knowing that like oh this is ultimately like the whole thing is about love that's what wins that's what conquers that's the thing that some of these machines cannot figure out but i love i i, I we'll, we'll get into it we'll get into it when we get into spoiler territory um was there anything else you wanted to say before we i think get those into are spoilers? my those are my like initial first thoughts and then i feel like i'll have much more to say yeah. as we as we go into okay uh into the film for sure cool so if you haven't seen matrix resurrections uh i highly recommend it i think if you enjoyed the original, then it's worthwhile, but definitely do go in with a good knowledge of what happened in the second and the third movie. You don't necessarily have to go rewatch them again if you've already seen them. I also think that that's a good idea. If you haven't, like if you've been following along with us and you haven't been rewatching the movies, I, I do think that it's worthwhile. I think take take everything that I've said over the last month and, uh, and, and try and put that lens on it and enjoy it from that perspective. And I think that you'll get more out of it than... Um, than if you try and make them all kung fu movies, uh, which like it's so funny that they are not. They are not at all. Um, yeah, uh, nope. they're not it, to the point that there's a very pointed joke about it in this movie. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I go 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 watch that and then and then watch Resurrections. Um, and 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 just just like I think that knowing what you're in for is such an important part of it. Like if you showed up for dinner somewhere and you didn't know that it was going to be Thai food, you might be upset that it was Thai. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> right. That's fair. Because it's like, because like, Oh, I, this is the last thing that I was, that I was expecting. Um, even though like under the right circumstances, Thai food is, is exactly what you want. Right. So just like, you know, just know that, know what it is going into it. Know that it is, Everything is in service of that love story. And as long as you can be okay with that, and as long as you can you can make those things work for you in service of that story, 
I think that you'll enjoy it. So um, with that, I want to get into spoilers. I want to get into spoilers right <laughs> away because I want to continue my thought from a second ago. So we're going to spoil it now. Uh, you've been warned. Um, lo- lo- I was talking about like love is the answer, right? Like love is the solution. And and um, it's the thing that like the architect can't understand it. Like he says that in the second movie. He, he basically... I I talks about the fact that like he thinks in these very like cause and effect uh, ones and zeros sort of uh, uh, mathematical precision. And that's why the Oracle exists because the Oracle is there to comprehend essentially the, the human condition. And it's an algorithm that can predict human behavior. And that's, that's why it's able to, to, you know, uh, quote unquote, see the future, right? Because it's aware of all of the angles. So if it's aware of all of the angles, then it can, it can give a pretty good idea of, you know, like, um, one of the things I love about the Oracle is that she never, uh, she never actually says what's going to happen. Right. And she's always, she always like lets the, the person who's speaking to her and, and even some of these scenes we don't even actually get, we, we hear about them secondhand from the characters of like, well, what did the Oracle say to you? And it's like, well, this, right. And a lot of the time it's like, well, exactly what I needed to hear. Right. Um, and that's exactly like, that's, that's the Oracle's job. I, uh, and then we, when we meet, uh, Sati in, in the third movie and her father and her father is explaining love, uh, to, to Neo. And he's like, I didn't understand. I didn't think that the machines are capable of that emotion. And he's like, it's a, but it loves a word, right? It's a word that we use to describe a connection. And, and, uh, and so you start to get this idea of like, oh, there are machines that, that, that love. There are machines that do understand. And so when you get to Resurrections and the whole setup of the movie, the first act of this, I love it because this movie is broken into three perfect acts. In the post show, you'll hear me say that three act structure is dumb and everybody should, you know, but three act structure when it works well is, is it, there's a reason why it's the standard and, and I don't like it because it's become a crutch for a lot of storytellers, but if you know what you're doing and you know why you're using a three act structure, as opposed to using a five act or a seven act or something else, then like th- yes use use a three act structure and and uh Lana Wachowski nails it with this one because she breaks it into three episodes within the movie right you have everything before neo before i uh, i i uh, thomas anderson goes back in thomas right yeah tom? they call yeah. tom and i love that so yeah. much <laughs> Uh, before, before he accepts that he is in the simulation, that he's in the matrix and all of that stuff of us, like establishing this world, his status quo, his new status quo and all of the players putting all the pieces on the board. So we got that act. And then we go into the second act and the second act is the reawakening, which he has to have a second awakening because he's been reborn. But when he was reborn, he was reborn as Thomas Anderson, not as Neo. So he has to have a a second awakening as Neo. And when he does, we are introduced to, to uh, at first two characters. I don't remember both of their names. I know that the one is uh, Sabebe 
uh, and I don't remember the other one. Oh, um, oh, but I shoot, I can't remember the yeah, machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The baby is the best. And the I don't. It's obvious right now. I don't have the words to express the way that it made me feel in the movie theater being introduced to those characters. It was the fulfillment of the promise of those other three movies. And it was just like, sorry, did you get the name? Is that what you said? Yeah. Sorry. Octocles. Yes. Thank you. Um, no, no, that's awesome. And then there's the, there's the third one, which is like the little, the little twig like, guy that hangs out with and gives the, a high five or fist bump or whatever, but yeah. With the operator. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they work together as operator. And I like these, these three characters that are in it. And, and also, um, the, the, the one that, that Sati is working with the, the like owl manta ray yeah. thing, um, which I can't remember the name of, cause they all have such like crazy They're names. So it's so cool, good. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've only had the opportunity to see the movie once because in Canada, we don't have access to it yeah, on streaming. So the second that we yeah. do, I'm going to watch it like three or four times. Uh, like I halfway through the movie, I was like, this is going to be so much better on the second watch because I'm not going to be like, a, I'm not going to be reacting to it. I'm going to be anticipating things and I can like digest it and whatever. But um, when we get introduced to Sebebe and Octocles, I, I, it was just like, it was this is going to sound hyperbolic and ridiculous and very like, like, uh, I don't know, like romantic in a way, but it literally felt like Lana Wachowski, like reaching across time and space to someone who has connected with her work and saying like, like basically like putting a hand on me and being like, yes, you get it. You were right. (laughs) Like, like it was just, it was so amazing and that's where i say like watching this movie because like when we get to the third act which is just all the action sequence which is like the payoff for 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 being there for the first and second act when you get to the point like from the point that that trinity awakens uh that she reawakens and 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 again it felt so good because i was because when that last trailer came out i was like oh snap trinity is the one i was half right I wasn't entirely right, but I was on to it, right? Like, I, I could see it both. already. They're both the one because what if, yeah, oh because my God. It, they couldn't yeah. exist. They needed the two pairs and they needed conflict and because human beings need conflict and love and. Um, yeah. What what if Neo was never an, what is, what is it, an, an anagram? I can't remember. What is it when the letters are jumbled or whatever, but for the one, right? Because that's what everybody thought. Right back in the day was like oh he's his his screen name is neo but he's actually the one right right? which you just switch the letters around and it's like what if that's not the case but actually like he is neo in the sense of like what neo means which is new Mm -hmm. right um but anyways and then trinity it's like oh my god it it, there it's so good because we get we get that second act we go to the the new zion i can't remember what it's called It's been two Iod. weeks since I've seen. Oh the yeah, movie, I just right? yeah, I just, Sorry? I just saw it yesterday. It's called Iod, I think. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, and um, I and 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 that that the new because it's like the reborn Zion, yeah, right? It's so great. And because the machines are working with them, they've created a utopia, 
and they have this like the false sky and they've got crops and, my favorite and they've character. genetically re-engineered st- strawberry <laughs> who's Niobe, your favorite character Niobe's back I don't Niobe. I don't know I think yeah. I mean I mean she's not necessarily my favorite but her make I feel like her makeup undid everything that I hated about Jupiter Ascending's makeup. And so I feel like <laughs> I feel yeah. like the Wachowski's got their it's so good. back. <laughs> and I, I I know that it's not both of them, but I feel like both of them were responsible for Jupiter Ascending. So yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it just because it like blew my brain. Um, I was like waiting for the credits and I was like, oh my gosh, it actually is her. I think, right? It actually is her, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. And I and I think the thing I think the thing that that sells that makeup so well is her performance. Oh, yeah. Like so she good. just like Jada, Jada Pinkett Smith just gives such a good performance as that like much wearier yeah. version of Niobe yeah. that that you're like that you believe it and that yeah That's man good. oh my god it's such a good yeah. movie yeah, Amanda it's, it's yeah. so good. But I understand why people don't no. like it. Like I, I like Curtis is not wrong to have the reaction that he had to it. Where Curtis screwed up and where I called him out is like after the movie finished, he was like, that was very confusing. <laughs> and I was like, well, I told you to watch the <laughs> other two movies. And he's like, yeah, I was gonna, but I didn't get around to it. And I was like, yeah, but I told you that you had to watch those movies. So this is on you. This isn't on Lana Wachowski or anybody that was a part of making this film. This is on you. Don't buy the ticket if you don't want to go on the ride. You know yeah. what I mean? Like You it's, have to be it, in for it. You have to know be, what you're getting into. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you are, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Right? And is it, look, is it campy? Is it cheesy? Is the stuff with the Merovingian way, way over the top? Of course it is. Yes, yes. But but the fact that like like I I alluded to before, like he they call it out in that scene and the way that Neo tries to just move through that fight scene of like I'm just not engaging. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. This like like the Merovingian is here to impede us which like and and it like to borrow from from tron which is borrowing from many other philosophies but like the 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 only way to win is not to play right right? and neo gets that and understands he's like i'm just not going to engage but because smith is there he has to right like that becomes a whole other thing and then like come on jonathan groff as agent smith it's so good he's so good The way that oh, he yeah. like it's a completely it's a completely different character, but it's a completely different character with all of the experiential knowledge mm-hmm. of the Hugo Weaving Agent mm-hmm. Smith. But he's he's reborn in a different way because he has to be antithetical at all times to Neo. So Neo is reborn like Neo is re-experiencing his his awakening into the Matrix and becoming the one. Right. That's the movie like that's he's going step by step through this stuff again, only this time he's doing it without Trinity. I, I, uh, Jessica Henwick's character, I Bugs, I can't believe I forgot that Bugs is is a proxy for Trinity, but isn't Trinity. And as a matter of fact, like they kind of talk about it a little bit. It's like she's actually kind of both of them. Right. Yeah. yeah. She's kind of Neo and Trinity together. Right. Um, 
uh, hey, guess what? Uh, you guys know what that means? From like a spiritual and also like metaphorical. She's their kid. <laughs> like it's yeah, yeah, so good. There are so many levels to this story that it's just like I'm going to be watching this movie for years and re-experiencing things and like getting new stuff out of it. It's so good. But like to go back to Smith and to go back to Jonathan Groff, like he he plays the character so pitch perfect because he has these moments where he slips into the Hugo oh. weaving yeah. impersonation, yeah. but he almost does it. Like he, he uses it as a weapon. Yeah. Like it's surgical. It's a scalpel. Yeah. He brings it out when he knows it's going to get a reaction out of Neo. Yeah. Right. So it like, so it crops up every now and then, but then he goes back into this new version of the character who is a completely reborn, completely different character. He's a reincarnation as opposed to, a continuation right and so he's got this different attitude and this different sort of i love it when when he's sort of like like realizing who he is and he looks at and he's like I, like and i i was recreated i was reborn but as this newer better version and like the way that he like even makes fun of himself and he's like the piercing blue eyes are maybe a little yeah, bit much yeah, yeah. like he's kind of like like, like making fun of the fact that it's Jonathan Groff, this like very pretty uh, uh, man boy. <laughs> I, but he's, but there's like, there's this thing of like where he's self-deprecating, but then in the next moment, he's also like, he's also like, but it's so good. Like, I love it. I love me. And that's not something that I could say before. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Which let's put that into perspective. The movies that, that, they were making before that the Wachowskis were making before they were making while they were still in the closet coming to terms with like, like realizing self-actualizing all of that stuff. Right. They're going through that process. This movie is the matrix movie that gets made after Lana Wachowski has gone through that. She's on the other side of that. And so you've got Smith in this thing of him being like, I'm in this new body and it's different. And it's flashy and it's a little bit out there, but you know what? It's me and I love it. Yeah. yeah. And there's just like, there's all this stuff in there that I just, I could gush about this movie for hours. <laughs> I enjoyed it so much. I want to watch it again so bad. It is, it drives me insane every time I see somebody on Twitter that's like, oh man, I watched it again. And I'm like, that must be fantastic. I'm very happy that you get to do that. I hate you right now. <laughs> like it just, it makes me so mad that we don't have access to it in the way that people with HBO Max have access to it. Yeah. Um, I guess I could set up a VPN and I could borrow somebody's HBO Max login and do the whole thing, but <laughs> seems like a lot of work. And I won't get to watch it like on my TV in 4K and whatever. Like I'm gonna if they put out, uh, I just pre-ordered the Ghostbusters Ultimate Collection 4K Blu-ray set, which is Ghostbusters One, Ghostbusters Two, and uh, Afterlife, and then Making Ghostbusters, which is like a documentary. Um, and then a bunch of other special features that comes in a cool box. I, I, and it omits 2016 because that's the right call. Um, sorry, uh, 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 Paul Feig, uh, you made a bad movie. I, if they do a Matrix box set, like a 4K Blu-ray box set with all four movies, uh, I'm probably going to buy it. 
I'm probably yeah. going to buy it because I, I want to have actual like physical hard copies of this because I want to be able to watch this one in particular at the highest quality possible, um, which I uh, the whole, highest quality that I can possibly watch it with my setup because I don't have an OLED TV. So uh, that would be better if I had an OLED, that would be even better. But um, but yeah, like I want to make sure that I don't get like frame rate drops or or artifacting or any of the weird stuff that you get when you're streaming stuff which most of the time i don't care but in this instance i'm like no no this movie deserves to be in the highest fidelity possible um because then on top of everything story-wise and character-wise and performance-wise the visuals in this movie are it's like it's like hey you know all that stuff that we were like revolutionizing back then yeah. And everybody else has like yeah. taken that and like, like, you know, leaps forward with that technology. Now we get to play with it in our And movie. it is spectacular. And, uh, it's spectacular. I don't know. Being able to. Yeah. When Bugs jumps off the, the building and like does that, like that, like inverted <laughs> kick thing and then down the sign. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's yeah. It's, it's so pretty good. epic. I think even just being able to revisit the machine city and the pods, like the the cryo, what I yeah. don't know what they're called, but the like umbilical things that are weird and gross, um, with the technology that exists now, is so cool. Um, because a- after yeah. just watching, like after just watching the originals, right, where you're like the technology is not quite there to make it like what our eyes are attuned to now, right? And so for being able to watch it and be like, okay, this is like so integrated. Like the city is awe-inspiring. Like I I owed when they like see the whole, I'm just like, this is su- such a great, beautiful, utop- like exactly what you're saying and, and that you feel it in a way that, I don't know, I just, yeah, everything about the, the visual effects, I think they really nailed this time. And being able to have the cool, um, and the thing I love, they have science mumbo jumbo, but we don't spend too much time about it, right? What is this technology that yeah. can humanize these programs that exist only in the Matrix? Yeah. A magnet something something jargon. Cool. I can download the schematic for you if you want. Yeah, I'd yeah. like that. Like it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's so good. Cool. Like it's like, I don't know. It doesn't, it matter. doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't but it matter. Exists and I buy it and I just, what a cool way to deal with the Morpheus storyline, I have to say, I yeah. really Ugh. think that it worked so well. Um, like the the thing, because the thing that I always thought was going to grate on me is the Jonathan Groff character, and um, and then uh, the the Morpheus character, like uh, what's it, Yaya? Uh, Yaya yeah. is that his how you say his first name? Um, yeah, 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 Abdul Mateen mm-hmm. the second. Um, and I was, I was really <laughs> yeah. worried. I was like, how are they going to do these two iconic characters? What are they going to do with them? And the way that they, yeah. exact, and I wouldn't have thought about it except for like what you're, ta- what you're talking about, right? Like, how do you take like the best versions of who you always were, and just because you have a different outside form, it doesn't actually change who you are at its core. And so they were able yeah. to take the core of Smith and the core of Morpheus and serve this particular story because both of them have different motives right like because the morpheus everything about the morpheus character came to fruition in this movie too in terms of like the original morpheus the original morpheus had one purpose Mm -hmm. he was trying to find the one he found the one and he felt like that's all it was of course it would have clouded the rest of his future and he would have always been stuck on that and it could have led to some 
not great things happening for him in the future. I believed everything in the, like what, like sentence or two that Niobe was talking about his, I saw all of Morpheus's life play out. Like, and that's all I needed because it was so true to who he had established as a character. And then for this, this version of Morpheus, the code that Neo had made, right. That Thomas Anderson is putting into the system that is his version of Morpheus and what he needs to be who he is it's just so it he he does it he's able to create the morpheus that knows how to make him who he is and i think that that's just such a a cool thing and it gives it allows morpheus to have a rebirth and be able to go on a different journey and i just i just well and 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 because this morpheus has the soul and the spirit of morpheus but is a program is a machine Mm -hmm now has this new perspective he still has the same drive of like it's my job it's my job to facilitate the 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 awakening of the Mm -hmm. one that's my deal that's my purpose Mm -hmm. um but but he's also a machine which means that like his empathy for the machine world is a different thing than than morpheus because morpheus was very singular and uh, that's why Locke is a foil for him, right? Like that's why that character exists in that story is like, oh, we've got Locke and Morpheus who are these, they're not opposites. They're yin and yang. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they, they circle one another, right? Like they, they, we need them both for balance, but what do they both want? They both want the destruction of the machines, but Neo was, went beyond that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That was the whole purpose of those first three stories was that we got to a place where we get we get past this this need for conflict between man and the machines to a point where like hey we both have to work together in order to stop smith he's the real threat right um and it's like that's why smith is the character that he is in that because you have to create a threat big enough to bring them both together on the same mm-hmm. side which allows for the world in the fourth movie of like now the machines and the humans can live together. And that's actually the path forward. Iod is, is the future, not the machine world or Zion. Both of those are flawed machine city and, and Zion are both flawed, right? They both actually need to fall away to make room for, for this new thing. Um, Which is what like everybody had kind of always envisioned the end of matrix revolutions to mean as like when, when they sort of have that conversation with uh, the Oracle and, and the architect of, you know, are you going to, what about the, the people who, who choose to leave? And it's like, we'll let them go. It's like, I have your words. Or what do you think I am a human? <laughs> I, I, that was that like, to me, that's what that always meant was like, Oh, now we have a world where it's like, if you want to live in the matrix, live in the matrix. If you want out of the matrix to go live in Zion, go live in Zion. But that was unsustainable because it was a it was a ceasefire, not a peace, right? right? Yeah. But but peace in in this new one is 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 the real peace that that they needed to be fighting for, which was coexistence, right? Cooperation, collaboration, and and uh, both sides prospering uh, because of the other, right? Um, yeah, like when when we get that scene of them going through the the garden and they're like we've we you know, we couldn't humans never could have re-engineered the genetic sequence of a strawberry, but I can't remember the name of that one, but it's got like almost like a biblical name yeah, that yeah, yeah. that program yeah. whose 
with like the French accent or whatever. And it's like they talk, but but this guy can. And it's like it's like yeah, it's actually you know like it's it's pretty easy. You just do this, and it's like, but you need the human touch in order to to bring it to life, right? Like in order to breathe that life into it. So it's like you can't you can't have one without the other. You can't have this prosperity without both sides working together, which is such a beautiful message, especially right now. What we need so badly is more messages like this of like, hey, if we just get past ourselves for five minutes and realize that we're all stronger together and that different experiences and viewpoints aren't bad things, they're good things. We just have to learn to cooperate and collaborate, right? Um, yeah, like the, the movie just... Uh, God, it just it works on so many different levels because we have barely even talked about Trinity and Neil. Yeah. And like the core central love story <laughs> of this, which is that like that idea of like like I, I love how they also take the the architect and the oracle and they combine them into one character in Neil Patrick Harris's character in The Analyst. Oh, yeah. Who is like he he lays that out of like, oh, they were both like they they had this like tension between them. But but I don't. That's why machine, you know, the 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 head of the machine like loves me because because I you get the best of both worlds with me, which is is he's such he's so arrogant. It's so good. He's such a good villain he's, in this. He does a good I, job. I love that, that that was he his does role. a good job. And, and you understand, like, again, they do enough world building that you understand what happened. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you understand where they are and, and it is you're able to re boot it and the thing that's kind of interesting because i this is i think my biggest grievance from the third film is that the machines were were nemeses without having personality right like he like neo ends up in the machine city and then sees that big face in the sky and it hooks him in and he defeats right but they weren't it i never got the con like i never understood the machines in like us as a society right and like what they were and and them being they were always just faceless like bad guys like squids right they were just they didn't mean anything and so i think the being able to describe the way the analyst talks about what happened and talks about or maybe it's bugs actually that talks about like the energy shortages maybe no it might be the analyst because i feel like it's when they're just where they're discussing i think they both where they were talking about what they like that they needed another matrix and they needed to figure out what it was and it needed to work well and that this one the reason that the analyst has so much power is because they understood what happened the last time there wasn't enough like humans generating electricity or whatever because these machines actually had agency and and you learn something and it could have helped because there were machines that were actual named characters in this film. Right. And so it does, it allows you to like integrate it more where you're realizing that they all want something. They're not just like these like faceless creatures that just need energy. And as much as that should have been enough to motivate me for through the first three matrix movies, it really wasn't because they weren't, they didn't mean anything real in terms of like their agents. No, I think it always is much more powerful when you understand like the villain of any story is the hero of their own, right? And so the when you understand what the machines wanted and why they mm-hmm. want it and what Trinity and Neo do, it's I don't know. I I just think it was it was really well executed in this in the exposition that didn't wind up being too pedantic or 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 trivial or 
uh, mind numbing, right? It was all, it all I think helped serve the story and help give me a better grounding and understanding of what I should care about and how I should care about the things happening in this, in this iteration. So I enjoyed it. The swarm thing was freaky. Like what a way to, what a way to do zombies, but through science fiction. Hey, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like we always talk about uh, the different things that the Wachowskis are able to um, pick out in popular culture and make it grounded in science fiction. And I think that that was a cool, I don't know. That was just a cool, I, I cause I hate it. You just can't get away from it. They're everywhere. And they just, I don't know. I also loved that nobody died. Like, I know yep. it's such a small thing, it's, but it's, their characters, yeah. all of the little, like the other characters, like, um, all of Bugs's crew, one of them, what is it? Brian J. Smith, I think is his name, is like a Stargate Universe guy that I really like. Like, I recognized him. And like, they're just like the crew, were, yeah. like uh, Sequoia, I think is the name of the operator, was in it. Like, you got to see, like, that was such a cool thing. Like, you see him as an avatar sort of like in the Matrix to make him present. And I just think that the way that they dealt with that integration was so great. But also that the crew gets to live. And I just think it's such a cool because after all the everybody dying in the previous iterations. Yeah. Well, and, and, and when well, like he calls it out, right. Cause he, he like, I, I, at the, at the end of, of the second act, like when we go into the, the action sequence in the second act, they go back into the matrix and it's like, I, I, they're going through the oh, place yeah. or whatever. And he's like, Oh, we're all going to yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. uh, and you're like, and you're sitting there as, as in the audience going like, yeah, some of you guys aren't making it back, but I hope you do. Like you just said that. So I hope you, do. and then you get to into the third act and everything's happening. And, and it hits that certain point. Cause, cause bugs is not in the matrix because she can't be for them to do their plan or whatever, but they use that so perfectly as like, Oh, because she's not there. They can use her as a deus ex machina. To like get her plugged in, in there, and she can get everybody yeah. out. And so, like, you get to that certain point where you realize that she's gonna jack in and go go in to save everybody, and you're like, oh, oh, the whole crew's coming home, yeah. you guys. Yeah. Like yeah. what a what, and you don't feel cheated yeah. in the least. Yeah. It's just, I just I don't. This is one of those things where, like, I do, I need to watch it again. I need to watch it a couple more times to really, like, dig into that stuff and dissect, like, how did Lana Wachowski do that in a way that, like, because it, it, it didn't feel like false stakes. It felt like they actually just overcame it. Like, it, it felt like... It really felt like to me that like bugs not being there, what it was like they were they were down their most valuable yeah, player. Yeah. And and so when she enters back into the game, it's like, oh, cause 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 she actually I mean like like I, I said earlier that she was like uh the 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 child of Neo and, and Trinity, like she's both of them. But she also has a little bit of that willfulness of Morpheus, right? right? Like yeah. she's kinda I guess she's, she's all kind three of all of them. three of them. Oh, she's the best of all three of them. Yeah. Because like it's her willpower of like, no, we're all going home. Like that's the thing that does it's also her saying to Neo like like when he's gonna jump and she's like like I was there, like I saw it, I saw that moment and I saw you and, 
and I, I I saw it freeze, like I saw it stop, and 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 she's the one who has the will and the strength to of conviction to convince him to take the next step. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's yeah, man. Oh God, it's and so good. It's such I a just, good movie, and, thing, and I just I feel bad for people I who don't like it because they're missing exactly. it. And through talking about this, you know what I realized about this is that it was a very much an ensemble film because you're seeing like, like Mm -hmm. as much as the, as the, 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 the original trilogy was Neo Trinity and Morpheus, right? The films were all, this one really, you really do like bugs is such an important character. And it's, it's just sad because, because she's new to the world that you don't, but she is, she's like the, the main thread of it all. Um, but also the women in the positions of power I'm also realizing are such an interesting, awesome thing about this version. So as much as we don't have the Oracle really in the original trilogy, and I mean, I can't, I'm probably forgetting somebody, but it really was just Trinity and uh, the Oracle, especially in the first one. I know that Niobe was in the second one and, and like, um, we had like tanks family, but there weren't as many. Yeah. L- Link was in Link was in the second and third one and, and yeah. meant to be like, it was okay. Point. Like it was good, but for this, the one that survived for this, the thing yeah. that's so solid is it, it means a lot when I think that you can have like Niobe and bugs in this sort of what um, Locke and Morpheus were in the, fir- in the second and third ones, right. That you sort of get this, Mm-hmm. like who's somebody for the better of the other group and but you need the heroes and all of that stuff and i don't know i just think it was it's kind of nice it was like, it was a good use of those characters so i just i just think the ensemble worked really well in that crew that they that they yeah. used so i don't know i enjoyed i enjoyed all of them and oh i mean we haven't talked about her but christina rishi was an unexpected cameo i don't know if people knew that she was in this movie but i also am i didn't even I didn't realize until just now looking at no. IMDb that Christina Ricci was in this. I don't, which character she, did she She's play? one of the people in the boardroom. And I said it out loud. I said it out loud to myself. I was like, oh my gosh, Christina Ricci. And my sister was like, stop talking. <laughs> but, um, but she's not, like, it's, it's, she's not super important. And I'm just kind of like, what a, what an I did not clock her in this. I mean, cause she looks kind of different. I mean, she's, I mean, she's blonde. I think she's blonde in yeah. it. But it's, it's, it was very, like, I was like, is that her? I think that's her. Because it wasn't an important role. It was just a, it was one of the, like, things keeping him in the loop or whatever. So, I don't mm-hmm. know. I think that was interesting, too. Like, the, I don't know, uh, all of the cyclical stuff that they were doing, I think was a really interesting, I, I don't know, I just, I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, that whole first act was uh, there was a lot of commentary on on human, yeah. sort of like uh, like like what like where we're at yeah. right now yeah. as as a, a people, yeah. um, and the stuff and, that that we did like sort of the 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 daily grind and and being trapped and all of that sort of well, stuff. The way that they you could like we could see the loop, but he couldn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he was stuck in it, so he couldn't he couldn't see the loop, but he could feel yeah. it. And it's like it—it it was very relatable, I think, and it was meant to be. Of like the—the the thing I that, think that the message there is just sort of the like, hey, if like what, what are you doing this for? Yeah. If not, like to yeah. live, you yeah. know, like if this is if this is your whole thing, because I do think that our generation is very career focused. Mm-hmm. We've been we were 
raised to be very career focused. Like if we're not changing the world on a daily basis, then we're failures. Um, And so I think that I, and I think that that's something that we have in common with like, like Gen X and millennials have that in common. Um, Especially like you and I, like we're, we're cusp, right? So it's like, we're, we're right there in the middle, but like, there is very much that attitude of like, like, man, because like because hey here's a really great example you and i both very successful adults right like like by by all metrics we're very successful adults we have good jobs careers we're like you know i i yeah like like really we really shouldn't have too much to complain about and yet both of us i think have this like yearning in us of like yeah but like i'm not doing the most amazing thing and it's oh, like don't articulate this mike it's hurting my soul because everything you just said is so accurate and then when you put it in but oh. but does it but i think that i think the point i think that what lana wachowski is trying to get across with that is like if that's what you're living for like if that's your deal then like is that really is that really it because it's kind of just a mouse wheel yeah. right it's like a hamster yeah. wheel that you're on so like like there has to be more to it and that's the thing like that's what's missing for thomas anderson is that like like that other half of him is is which is like the analyst talks about it that's exactly how he how he built it yeah is that like she's there she's in his orbit but always out of reach until he breaks the cycle until until he breaks the well until really bugs breaks the loop right and busts him out of that um and as she does it reawakens agent smith and agent smith becomes a chaotic element that the analysts can't deal with so it's like like the those things have to work together yeah it's so good that like in order for neo to come back agent smith has to also be there and by the end of it it's like are they antagonists i don't know that they like i don't know that smith is his enemy even though, yeah, like, maybe sister, Smith tries to kill him a little bit. At, at the end, but it's and it like, was a question I couldn't answer. She's like, so why did Smith join his side? And I was like, well, I think they kind of want the same thing. But I also was like, ah, uh, I actually don't know if they're... Like, I just... It was a it was a little bit... But it is, it's so... It's like, it's like epic storytelling, right? Where you always have to have the two halves of the... And so it's like, you always have the arch yeah. enemy and the love interest, right? And I think that they hit that trope really well with... And I, and I think like, like the thing with Smith in this incarnation is that you can't, you can't fault a tiger for its stripes. Mm. It's, it's like, that's its nature, right? You can't be like, Hey tiger, stop having stripes. Yeah. Stop wanting to hunt and eat things. It's like, no, no, that's the tiger. Right. And in order for Neo to exist, we have to have Smith in order for him to be the one Smith has to exist. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a, it, I'm very interested if this continues, if this, if this isn't a, 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 a period on the story, if this is a, an ellipsis, then um, I'm very interested to see what they do with that Smith character moving forward, because he, he does not want to be the antagonist. You can, you kind of get yeah. that sense from oh, yeah. him of like, of like, I don't look, Hey, I don't want to fight you. I have to fight you. Like we have to do this. This is part of it. I have to destroy you. 
it's why I exist. It's like you exist. Therefore I exist. Therefore I have to make you not exist. Right. Like it's, it's like a, it's like a compulsion, but it's like, but I don't know. I think that like that there's, that there's maybe a, maybe there's a redemption story for, for agent Smith in a, in a sequel um, and him becoming, you know, uh, integrated into the system a little bit better. Uh, maybe what he needs is somebody else to balance him. Ooh. And, Oh my God! If Trinity just became awoken as a as the one, then there is another. <gasps> oh, there, there has, has to, to be another her. one for her. Yeah, I like it. I'm here for it. Her counterpart has I'm to exist as well. Let's make it happen. And what if that's the key Love it. that they needed to, and then they can, oh. and if they're the keys to the machines and the humans living in harmony because. Smith is is the most sort of human machine because he's got the like connection with Neo and I don't know. And if Smith can experience love, yeah, then remember what Smith's thing is. Neo is the one and Smith is the multitude, right? right? Yeah, yeah. He's his yeah. ability is yeah. to is to infect. If he can experience love and then he can infect oh. the machine world with that that's the like that maybe that's the key maybe that's where it goes and then on top of that i want to see io like as like i want to see them heal the world like that's what that's what has to happen now is that like if there are two more movies like if it's another trilogy by the end of the third one you know like in 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 revolutions we get that moment where they where they they shoot up above the clouds for a second right yeah and they see the the real sky and they set this up in in resurrections of we've like they created the fake sky and it's beautiful right like it's 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 amazing like it's a work of art in and of itself and they've created like an atmosphere like it's got they've got clouds and weather and stuff like that and it's so cool but like imagine a a moment where like that shatters and reveals like the actual sky right like like where that's like broken away because because they've actually figured out a way like because working together the machines and the humans can actually restore the world right um and now the this situation of like now they they have their solar energy back they don't have to use humans and we break that cycle right like you you finally get out of that and and the matrix can still exist and people can still live in the matrix if they want to live in the matrix. And that's the service that the machines can provide to the humans while the humans do things for the machine. Right. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. That's, I would love to see that. And I would love to see like a, like a world where like, and that like the end of, if you were going to really finish it, like, like the way that star Wars was like the rise of Skywalker is the end of the Skywalker saga. And then it ended and you're like, this was just return of the Jedi again. And (laughs) nothing is resolved. Like, yeah, there's still, there's still the first order out there. Like they're not, it's not done. The war's not over you guys. Um, but instead, if they ju- if they were to like do that, get us to that point, and then jump forward like a hundred years or something like that, like be like here, like it's been five hundred years or something, and to show that like like life has come back to the world and and um and that working with the machines, humans were able to like basically repopulate the planet with 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 uh 
you know animals and stuff like that but also you would see like machine animals and that sort of thing of like that that serve different purposes and and just have like the world in like perfect equilibrium like just this perfect balance of the two things together that's what i like i now that we're here with the matrix that was always what i wanted to see that was like that sort of like like them working together and then prospering and and the world being restored was was definitely what I wanted before. But now that we have the matrix resurrections and we've seen Iode and we've seen the machines, like these other characters like Sabebe and, and, and whatnot working with the humans. It's like, that's it's now it's an inevitability. Yeah. Like now that's what has to happen in order to put the period on the sentence in order for it to be a complete story. It has to get to the point where that happens. I don't know that they will do that because I because if this movie I didn't look at the box office. I, I don't, don't think it's doing very well. Yeah. Um, I I mean you know what like how can it when No Way Home absolutely obliterated the box yes. office, but um, and then Omicron surged and now everything shut down again, and the world is going back into uh, pandemic measures and whatnot, but um. I don't know. I, like, I, I think that HBO Max also has to be considered in that. And you have to like look at how many people streamed it and, you know, like what was the actual reach of this product? Right. Um, as opposed to just box office numbers. But if it's if it if if Warner Brothers deems it successful enough to continue the story. I don't know that it, that more movies is the best way to do it. I I I think that they should do an, like, H- a long an HBO miniseries. Storytelling. Yeah. HBO Max HBO. series, yeah. Like yeah. like give us like three or four seasons of something yeah. um and get us there. It would be cool to like have a little bit more of Trinity and Neo um in like the immediate aftermath of this and talk about what we just talked about of like if there's a if if Trinity is also the one, then there's a new Smith out there somewhere. Um but uh then to 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 tell that story and then put a button on that in a season and then and then like going and then let's jump forward 100 years right and maybe trinity and neil are still there (laughs) right because we've kind of explained that they can be immortal in a (laughs) way right like like that that especially like if the technology keeps getting better then they can keep sustaining them for longer and longer um and how cool would it be if eventually their bodies didn't exist anymore and they existed only in the matrix and they were essentially programs. Right. Like, like, yeah. yeah, Like, like have them like almost completely transition into being digital beings. Um, That's an interesting way to end, right? Like that they transition into being fully digital and they, and the machines become a little bit more human. Right. And that's the, that's the evolution of, of that. It's like, it, it's not ever about AI becoming, human it's about a little bit of both right like how do you you can't just separate it when you get to a certain yeah. point you have to figure out how to, how to integrate it and, and live in harmony so. but that way you get to keep keanu and carrie ann moss in the franchise yeah. right yeah. i i and 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 every season like do three or four seasons and every season like you jump forward 100 years you have a whole new cast except for like these core characters of, of Neo Trinity agent Smith, right. That, that get to the, 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 the ones that are programs that are machines, they get to be there perpetually, but um, it's, an, yeah, it's like, an interesting thing that you're talking about, like with the future. Cause it was something that I was thinking about this when the movie was first coming out, people were saying like, 
oh, like, yeah, how do you make a movie about, like, living in 1999? That would have been so cool. And it's, there, well, there was so much technology and it imagined this sort of future beyond the future that obviously we're now in 20 years later. 20 years later? Oh, my goodness, 20 years later. Um, <laughs> you can still see the subtlety in how we imagine technology evolving. And I will just, to in, in to sort of cap it in the same way that you have, I think that, like, this is, like, my sort of end thoughts and the, and the, the wish for the future or whatever is actually more of a, a looking back. In the, in the 1999 version of The Matrix, everything sort of ended terribly <laughs> for the main characters, right? And the world that they, like, the ultimate thing that was the epic ending to that was a ceasefire, right? That there was this war that had been raging for years, and there's no way to undo that. So instead, they just want to live. They just want to be who they are. But what the future technology allowed them to do, like over the 60 years since that time, right, with different leadership and with women who were forward thinking and were and were thinking about how to <laughs> utilize the the technology and 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 not create a binary, not say us and them, but us with them, what can we do and how can we evolve? I think that speaks to the core difference between like the last 20 years, like how we view technology, how we view society, how we view all of these things. And I think that that's a beautiful sort of evolution because the, the pieces of the science fiction all still remain intact, but they're plussed in ways that in the 20 years, right? How did we imagine this intense futuristic technology well it, it it went leaps and bounds in subtly holistic ways right like they're able to personify machines because that's something that we now think of as really tactile right like back when the matrix came out they weren't there was in no way this is the thing i think that we're, we were missing right is that they really wanted to villainize the machines because that's how we had to think it had to be a binary and that's i think at that time and i mean especially going right into uh, like 1999 before the like september 11th and all of that stuff right that the that the world became very binary i think us and them was a was a huge part of the early 2000s all across like all around the world there was really divisive things and i think that now especially you were talking about gen x right like millennials and gen x's living in a world that yes there's this grind and there's this capitalism that we that we are all part of but we also all want to make the world a better place i feel like every generation wants to make the world a better place but i think it's permeated in technology in a way that it hadn't been able to previously and i think that really comes out in this movie as well i i feel like i'm going on a cyclical ramp but i hope mm. that you can see what i'm talking like just in terms of like the the beauty of of the potential of what you're talking about but the future of these films and like what does the matrix what does a new trilogy of the matrix look like and i think it doesn't end in death right it's not the whole crew of the nebuchadnezzar doesn't die in the first movie the whole crew gets yeah. to live because we know that we can <laughs> that we can save each other and that we can all get through it together and that if we just think differently about how we utilize technology and about how we work as a team and about how we you know work within the structures and the confines of the world that has been given to us that we can come out of it the other side and i think the worse that the world gets the more hopeful it has to get at the same time because I feel like in 20 years, the world could have got a lot darker. But I think that this movie reflects to us that it actually hasn't. Oh, that's really beautiful, Mike. 
I don't know if you got that as well, but that's yeah. what I'm now deciding to take away from this is that 20 years it, ago, it, the world was a lot darker yeah. for a lot of different people, especially people like the Wachowskis. And I think that now yeah. th- that we have this community and this connection that spans the globe and that we can, we can hear one another and we can see one another. And as much as there's still conflict, we can see a way through together. I think that that's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And hopeful. So, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, and and to to sort of bring it all back to to the conversation that we were having at the beginning of the podcast <clears throat> and everything kind of being a bit of a bummer. And certainly a lot of what we talk about in the post show, uh which uh Patreon supporters will get to listen to. I I at the end of the day, it's like, you know, there's there's a lot of systemic stuff that we're dealing with right now that um I think especially because like that, those rocks have been turned over. I, I, the, when, when I talk about, I talked about this a while ago when I think when we started our matrix rewatch that like 1999, as you just said, it's like, you know, we're two years before 2001 and, and we kind of look at that as like this idealized point in time. Um, and and the further away we get from it, the the more I think that we'll look at the 90s as like a in the same way that we ever look at any golden era, right? Any golden age uh, of, of, of a society. It's like we look back at it and it's like actually like like a lot of people had it pretty good. And and, you know, like conflict was not as bad as it has been or would be uh you know like 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 things are things are kind of in a in a in a nice state for a minute there um but the big thing about the 90s that that allows you to have that belief um is i mean like if if you're a white person it's very easy to see it that way uh if you're a straight person it's very easy to see it that way if you're cisgendered it's very easy to see it that way um, if you're in the Western world, it's very easy to see the nineties that way, but the other people in other parts of the world or with other, I, uh, I, you know, identifiers <laughs> and de- different experiences might not see 1990 to 99 in the same. Light, yeah. It might've been right? a catalyst towards some of the worst stuff that ever happened in the world. Yeah. Right? Like, and I think that I, I think that like 2001, sort of rocking everybody's world and upsetting the status quo led way to the 2010s and then the 20 now in the 2020s like even the 2010s were kind of a bit of a time of upheaval of like of of everybody realizing just how bad things have gotten for a lot of people and then fighting to change that stuff and then I think like the last, you know, couple of years, the last four years, let's, let's say, I mean, five now, um, but really like since Trump took office was a lot of the, the, the old guard. It's, I, I really hope and, and, and the, the, the optimist in me sees it this way, that that was the, and we're still in the middle of it. So it's hard, it's hard not to see it as a bad thing and not be pessimistic about it because we are in the middle of it. Hopefully when we're on the other side of it, we will see it as like that status quo. I, I, it's like their last breath sort of like, like that sort of like that last fit before it dies. 
um and and you know gives way to a to to a new order and and that new order being you know more progressive and more inclusive and and uh you know that that sort of one step closer to an idealized state i i that progress right um and looking at at the world now and saying like exactly what you're saying like like you know it's a it's a lot worse in a lot of ways and we're going through a real bad time right now because of the pandemic, because of uh, yeah, extreme right wing conservatism, I, I, because of a, a bunch of different things and these systemic things. But one of the reasons why I think we have such a pessimistic outlook on it now is because we see it for what it is. Right. Um, and and the the. The, the, like I said, like that rock got turned over and we see all the disgusting things underneath it scattering. Um, but now that the rock has been turned over, uh, we can actually do the work and 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 get the job done um, and make the world a better place, which is what happens every time, you know, uh, society goes through a change like this. So. You know, we see it, we see it civil rights movement in the in the fifties and sixties going through that era. You see it, uh, you know, back when democracy was a crazy idea, uh, you know, and and uh, and and wars were fought over independence and uh, you know, uh, getting rid of crazy ideas like monarchs and stuff like that. Um, where it's like you kind of have to go through this period of conflict before you can make it to the other side. Um, and establish those those new orders and, the, and and change the status quo. So, you know, like I said, it's hard to see it because we're right in the middle of it. But I do think that a story like this one, and I do think that like we're we're actually seeing quite a bit more of this sort of stuff right now. Um, look at Spider Man No Way Home. Not to get into any spoilers, but all of the other Spider Man movies were about the bad guy dying yeah. at the end uh and tom holland's spider-man is a different spider-man right and like like you know i i at the end of uh uh homecoming he saves the vulture he saves adrian tombs from dying right and and then that's repaid to him when he's in the, in jail right um then he and he keeps peter's secret and uh, and then it's it and then it plays even better and more tragic in far from home when when uh mysterio dies because it's like it's like oh like he couldn't do it but mysterio killed himself right mm-hmm. like it's, it's he sort of did it to himself his own his own anger and greed avarice all that stuff but then no way home being being about like what if what if we could save them right um you know, I do. I think that I think that we're we're in that place now where it's like these are the stories that we want. We don't want Rogue One where everybody dies at yeah. the end, yeah. right? Like, like, and and to me, like, I understand it. I get it. Like, I understand why Rogue One is the movie that it is, but that's why it will never quite work for me because it's like because that's just not that's not what I want from Star Wars. That's for sure. Uh, uh, and I'm and I'm hoping that they've learned that lesson and that and that this new stuff that's coming out is gonna is gonna be different, Mandalorian and Boba Fett and whatnot. If you haven't have you watched the first episode of Boba Not Fett yet, yet? No, but I did finish the last two episodes oh of Hawkeye. Goodness. So slowly but surely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> slowly but surely. Um, 
Hawkeye's another good example though of it's like like you know like we we do we it's a bittersweet ending but it is it is a happy ending for our characters and and uh you know it's not like it, it gets to a place of <coughs> not being cynical right right Hawkeye starts that story as very cynical and comes through it by the end Kate transforms him right like that's that's the whole purpose of that story and that character interaction and them being partners um is a you know new hawkeye for a new era and i think gen and, x is uh, gonna save the world uh, so here's hoping put all my stock in that i yeah i i just i think this this is what we need from our art right now we need more stuff like this but i think that it's also going to be met in the way that the matrix resurrections has been met by the majority of the media which is with cynicism because critics are by nature critical and, and therefore cynical, cynical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 like like it it comes with the territory because <clears throat> if you do anything for long enough it's like um it's like the the old saying was like do do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life and and uh and then the 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 much more uh, uh modern realization of like do what you love and you'll always do basically like destroy the thing that yeah, you love yeah, yeah. By, <laughs> you know yeah um because like uh, we have a perfect example of it we loved smallville it was the greatest thing as bad as that show ever got you and i had this shared thing that we that brought us joy and then we decided to do a podcast we made it into work and just sucked the joy out of all of that stuff and now i can't watch any of those cw shows except for superman and Lois. but like all that other stuff was like i just i just it's just they did they did the crossover and cat mcnamara was in it and it's like oh cool maybe that's a thing that i should care about no i don't and it like we talked about before i have such relief in the fact that i don't have to care about that stuff um, because we just broke it for ourselves. But, yeah. So I think that critics, when when it's your job to watch movies and then and then speak about them critically, it's really easy for, for criticism to become yeah. purely negative and for that cynicism to to creep in there. Um, but anyways, I'm actively fighting against that personally. Like that's what I'm trying to do. There you right? go. Like just just for me and the way that I talk about stuff, but. Anyways, we talk about this forever. I think yeah. we're done. But I, I think, think we did it. I think we've, I think we we've talked done about a lot Matrix. of podcasting. This is a big podcast. <laughs> Lots of stuff. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Awesome. It's uh, the the clock <laughs> the, on the recording is two hours and 42 minutes. Oh, uh, we're done. Thank you, guys. And not a lot listening. of that is filler. Like, we chatted. We chatted for a long time. No, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, and we went right into the post show, and then we really there yeah, was no right like in between. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. We just went right into this. So, thank you guys for listening. Uh, happy New Year to everybody. I suppose uh, I always feel like that's a it's a it's an arbitrary day. We just went. This is the one. I. Uh, but <laughs> uh, in any case, whatever that means to you, Happy New Year. Uh, you know, if you if you celebrate the Lunar New Year, then uh, I'm not saying Happy New Year to you. I'll say Happy New Year to you in like a month. Jeez, man. <laughs> I, I <laughs> but I I hope everybody is handling this latest wave of the pandemic well and getting through it. And 
uh, staying safe and all that sort of thing. But uh, I, uh, I guess we'll, I guess we'll be back next week. Talk about Hawkeye. That is okay. the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, I don't know. I don't know. What are we going to, I don't know what we're going to do. I guess we'll just see where the, where the mood takes us in two weeks. That's true. It's going to be one of those episodes. Sorry. Sorry in advance. Uh, <laughs> although it might, it might end up being, it might end up being us rating hot guys again, you know? Oh, uh, those are always uh, a good way to start the new year. Remains one of my favorite episodes. I <laughs> yeah. uh, Cool. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode. Stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands and be kind to one another. I'm going to change it to listen to science once we no longer have to wash our hands. (laughs) So five years from now. (laughs) Washing your hands is just always good You should just always wash your hands. That doesn't, yeah, just always wash your hands more frequently. (laughs) Follow the Thunderquack podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching the Thunderquack podcast. You can support us in three ways. First, by heading to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review. Second, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch from your favorite podcasts. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get cool rewards like early access and extended episodes. The Thunderquack Podcast is the official podcast of Thunderquack.com. Head to Thunderquack.com to discover more great podcasts.